morning, sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. Shine. Welcome to House of Hoops, episode 40. It's Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. I'm Jeff Hausman. Thank you for listening. Tonight... On the program, I got Bo Brady with me. Bo. Hey, how's it going? What up, buddy? <laughs> no laddie this week, but we'll make it through somehow. So we're recording this right now. The NBA draft is still going on. The first round is over. There's not a lot going on. The Grizzlies just moved up in the draft. Um, a lot has been gone down this week. We didn't record Monday. We skipped straight to tonight to kind of have... The draft under our belt but uh let's have some fun with it let's talk some hoops you can reach us on twitter at house of hoops that's h-a-u-s of hoops we're also on instagram at house of hoops podcast you can call us the number's 901-300-6575 Oh, thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, sorry. It's doing it tonight, not tomorrow, but... That's okay. What time is it? Like 11? It's 10.30. It's 10.30. It's late, so I guess we should kind of get into it. What have you been up to? I mean, I didn't talk to you in a minute. A lot of distance learning, and that's kind of been about it. The COVID cases are growing pretty out of control here. The governor just put in restrictions on in, indoor dining, youth sports and adult sports. You know, he's not, he's asking that anybody from outside your household not come into your house. All stuff that we've we've been doing but other people have not been doing. So right. the community spread has just kind of gotten out of control. Sounds like he wants to tighten it up. Yeah, you know, he was saying that Healthcare workers are getting infected. They're not getting infected at work. They're getting infected from community spread. So you have a nurse whose husband goes out to dinner with his work buddies. Then she gets sick. Then she can't go to work for two weeks. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. we've got, I think in the last three weeks, we've had 100,000 cases. And, you know, it's going to get worse. It'll, it'll continue to climb here for the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully we'll see a decline after that. Yeah, that's rough, man. That's not good. A lot of cities are locking down. There has been a spike. Memphis could be heading that way, too. Oh, you guys probably are. 
Yeah. I think they're going to shut down bars and restaurants. I don't think they're going to allow dine-ins for any of that shit. That's what I think. No. Our, you know, our governor, he said, um, he is very encouraging people. He's like, please order takeout this weekend, this week, please. Damn. He's pleading with us. So I guess we'll get some takeout. Yeah. Which is we've been which we've been doing. Right. Exactly. A lot of people have been being responsible this whole damn time. It's unfortunate more people can't get their priorities in check, I guess. I don't know. People are just so anxious to move forward, they are ignoring what's going on around them. Well the like the general protocol around this whole thing is people it's very it's very rigid. So if you have a known exposure, which is 15 minutes in a closed space without your, neither of you having your mask on, 15 minutes or more, then you're supposed to, and that person was positive when you saw them, then you actually have to quarantine for, what is it, 10 days or 14 days? It's one mm-hmm. of the two. I can't remember what the CDC says. People aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, people are still going out to eat or going back to work or, mm-hmm. and, you know, they don't understand that even though you had a, a negative test today, it does not mean that you will not come up positive two days later. You know, that's why the guidelines are to, if you have a known exposure, you have to stay away from people for, you know, that amount of time, 10 to 14 days. You know, I just think there's a general lack of understanding and a general apathy towards the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing is nothing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I ain't been doing much either, man. Working, as usual. You get out and play golf, though. Dude, I played since last Monday when we did the previous podcast. I played golf five times. Nice. Which is unusual, but the weather's been like 70s and 60s here in Memphis. It's been too nice to pass up. So I've just been going out a lot and playing golf that's the extent of my social life really it's like that's good it's work and it's that and it's like that's it man nothing else there's a lot of question marks right now around me about what to do for thanksgiving like all the family wants to get together and do a thanksgiving i'm like okay well is it going to be outside is it people are people going to be wearing masks are we going to be six feet apart like what the fuck yeah the answer to that is no and also like my mom's brother he's not doing well he's got covid and he's um trying to get plasma Mm -hmm. he's on oxygen and this is my mom's brother and she still wants to do like thanksgiving shit i'm like are you not seeing this her brother's whole family is dealing with COVID outbreaks because they all got together and we're hanging out. You're just asking for it. I don't think Thanksgiving is a good idea this year. Yeah, I, I no, it's definitely not. You could, you I'm know, not, you're, I'm, you're, I'm not going. Well, you just tell her like the health department guidelines are really strict and I can't put my guys at, at risk for having to be out for two weeks. You Dude, can just tell it her It ain't that. even that. I don't want to go over there and, well, I know you don't want to go over there. Contaminate them. I'm the one that's around all the people all the time at work. Yeah, but you're masking, but still, yes. Right. I want to be careful. 
And, and there, it's a possibility that I could go over there. I can say hi from a distance. You could be outside and have a beer. Have a beer, yeah. Sit out in the lawn or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. It's go, a mess. I don't want to be going in their house and breathing all over everybody. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm not fucking doing it. I don't care if people get upset or they think I'm being overly cautious. I don't care. You should. You should uh, have some shirts made that say. And send it to him that say Jeff who with a question mark. <laughs> Have you seen him? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just I don't, it doesn't seem like a good idea for anybody to be, especially like going around your loved ones. Like what? Like what? What happens if next week you come up and it's you're positive, and then you're looking back like, oh shit, I just compromised everybody I love, their well being. Exactly. Fuck, man. I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't, can't be that guy. I can't be being that dude that's fucking up other people's lives. I can't be doing that. It's frustrating, man. Absolutely. It's only one year. I try to tell these folks, like, y'all can put up with this shit for a little bit longer. And then we'll get, everything will eventually fall into place and, there is a light at the end of the tunnel here now, and there's no reason to make such a big deal about some fucking, like, family get-together holiday. Like, what's more important? Our well-being or eating a bunch of food together and, and catching up? I know. Call me. Call me. How about that? We'll just talk on the phone. I don't know, man. I'm ranting a little bit. Sorry. I, no, I hear you. It's It's frustrating. I think we should get into things because there's a lot going on. Yes. Before we get into like NBA stuff, I don't know if anybody listened to my NFL gambling this week, last week, but uh, we almost nailed a big parlay. Did you watch ESPN at all this week, Bo? Uh, hell no. Absolutely no. <laughs> Lord, Lord, no. ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had, you would have seen a certain play on television from the NFL this weekend. It was the Arizona Cardinals versus the Buffalo Bills. You sent me that highlight. I did. Patrick Mahomes, last second, falling out of bounds, Hail Mary pass to DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone for the game winner. DeAndre catches it in triple coverage. It's the most amazing play you'll probably see in football all year to win the game. Well, that game, we had the Bills picked just to win the game. It was the last game of all my parlays. I had about five. I think I counted five parlays with that game in them. And I was sitting on the chance to win $7,000 on that game. I was at work. When that happened, that play happened. I was watching it, the game tracker on my phone. The bills are up. Everything's looking great. It's the last game of the parlays. One of the parlays was an 11-game pick. I had 10 correct picks going into that game. I almost threw up, dude. I seriously almost lost it. For that play... To decide the difference between winning all of those parlays, and it was roughly seven thousand dollars, 
or being flat broken, losing everything. <laughs> Almost fucking <laughs> puke, dude. <laughs> it was so fucking nauseating. Like I had to like step away from the counter because I couldn't even like communicate with people <laughs> for about five minutes. I, didn't, I was just lost. I couldn't believe it. But all the other picks worked. It was Detroit, Miami, New Orleans, the Giants. All the teams won. This next week, just, you know, before we get into NBA stuff, this next week, I'm going with a lot of the same teams. But there's less underdogs this week. The lines aren't as favorable. Like this week, Miami's not an underdog. They're favored. The one underdog I like is Detroit over Carolina. I'm a little split on Arizona versus Seattle because, you know, Arizona's coming off of this win over Buffalo. Buffalo had beat Seattle. Now Arizona's playing Seattle. So I think I'm going to go with Arizona on the money line as an underdog against Seattle. I think uh, Arizona will be able to put up points against them, and I don't think Seattle will be able to stop Arizona. So that's still kind of a question mark. I'm likely going to do parlays with Arizona on the money line and then the same parlays with Seattle on the money line just to see what happens. But the other games I like this week, I like New Orleans over Atlanta. I think Atlanta's trash. Taking a money line there to win. I like Pittsburgh over Jacksonville on the money line. Miami over Denver, taking the points. Miami's favored by three. I like the Chargers over the Jets, money line. Kansas City over Las Vegas, the money line. I like Detroit as the underdog over Carolina. I'm take that, the money line. And I like New England over Houston on the money line. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be making parlays on all of those games and then switching the Cardinals, Seahawks. So it'll have to be at least two parlays. We're going to go after it again this week. But the uh, the it's not going to be worth as much money as last week because there's less underdogs. But we're still going to try to turn some money. Oh, shit, I forgot. I like Green Bay, too. Green Bay looks like a underdog that could win. I'm feeling less confident about the Golden State Warriors winning the title bet I have after Clay's injury was reported tonight. Um, it looks like it might be his Achilles. It's not really clear yet, as far as I know. I lost all the Masters bets. DJ may have been the only golfer I didn't bet on. Him and Justin Thomas. I didn't bet on either of those guys. Uh, our guy, DeChambeau, just played terribly, I guess. I didn't really get to watch a lot of it. I know he didn't come close, but I'm happy for DJ. He's a hell of a player. I like him. That's about it for gambling this week. Did you catch any of that, Bo? Uh, yeah, I heard it, but it didn't. Well, I listened to it, but it is. I'm not. I'm not a big sports gambler. <laughs> I like those picks, though. I'm gonna make several parlays, but. And they won't have, there'll be one with all of those games in them. Try to bet a little and win a lot. That's, I'm sorry you didn't hit your parlay though. Oh my God, dude. It was, it was fucking terrible. I couldn't fucking believe it. But I was happy to be in a position where that chance, it really actually, where it just came down to like one game. I was like feeling pretty good about it. 
That's a fluke fucking thing. That's a fluke play. There's no way that should have happened. So I can live with it. But it was, I mean, it was hurt in the stomach to be that close. <laughs> Let's get into NBA shit. What do you want to start with? I think we could run through a couple of the the first couple of trades we heard about this week. All right. The first one was that Dennis Schroeder trade to the Lakers, which set off like you know a Danny Green cascade of trades. Yeah, Danny Green's expiring. He's worth like about what is it, fifteen million or something? Uh yes, I think so. Something like they essentially, and they he's getting the Lakers. Passed. He's getting passed around, right? Yeah. Well, he got a ring, so he should be. He's he's another ring, I guess. Yeah, the Lakers, so he should be good. So he was traded from L.A. to Oklahoma for Dennis Schroeder, which gives L.A. a solid point guard if they don't get Rajon Rondo back. Right. I like it. Which, yeah. Which Rondo sounds like he's going to get money somewhere else. Yeah. And it gives them a, a solid point guard, even if he ends up being the backup. No, Schroeder's a good player. He's just not, he's not like a top three player on – a good playoff team. He'll be fine with LeBron and AD. He'll be a great regular season point guard. And that's even just saying if they don't add another one. I mean, they're going to get Avery Bradley back too. Potentially. Yeah, and they're going to they're going to get you know, whoever else, Wesley Matthews and they're going to get all sorts of guys. So I I mean, I think that's a no-brainer for the Lakers. They didn't have to Yeah. It's, give up was there draft compensation? Yeah, they had to give up that first yeah, round yeah. pick, right? Yeah, they gave up some draft picks. I didn't really memorize all the draft pick trades. Yeah, it was the the twenty eighth pick in this draft. Okay. So, you know, I think that's a good trade for the Lakers. And they can all you know, they could also later on flip Schroeder for something else. The Thunder wanted a first round pick. They got their first round pick. I think that's good. So Danny Green was traded to the Thunder and then he was flipped to Philly for Al Horford. Yes. Which gets Al Horford off of Philly's books. We kind of saw them moving some something over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny Green will be expiring. They can use him. They'll, I mean, if they don't trade him again, they'll play Danny Green in Philly. But it gets Horford's long, big contract out of there. Thunder can absorb that. Let's see. In that Philly deal... They got a 2025 first round pick that's protected one through six. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that Oklahoma has like 17 first round picks between now and 2026. Yeah, so they got a a first and a second round pick from Philly in that deal. Okay. Okay, Steve did. And then Horford's contract runs three more years, I think. Yeah, so it's 2021, 27 million, <clears throat> and then 21, 22, 27 million. That's fully guaranteed. And I, from what I understand, the 22, 23 contract is partially guaranteed for like 14 and a half million. Okay. So, okay, so you could get out of it. So he's on the books this year, and then he's like a semi expiring the following year. Yeah. And if I was Horford, I don't know if I would. 
I think I would keep the money. I would not. Yeah. At this at this point, try to win a championship. I mean, that's whew. it's a tough spot. It's like seventy million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he'll keep um, the money. He may try to. I don't know. There's no guarantee the Thunder will be terrible and not in the playoffs. Well, and that the the other thing about Horford is he is he's super smart. Mm-hmm. He's a super good player. And is a great locker room guy. So there might be a team that has an expiring that says, well, we're not going to, you know, if the Grizzlies could have traded Chandler Parsons expiring for a guy like Al Horford and give up a meddling asset, then you would do that. So there will be a team that will trade for, will give the Thunder a first round pick for Horford. Or maybe Horford, since they're going to have so many young players, they want to keep him around as a culture guy. Also, if a team looks at their roster and realizes they're short on bigs, maybe somebody gets hurt. I mean, a trade to Oklahoma to get Horford for a contender is very possible anytime, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Horford's awesome. And they're not going to use him that much in OKC, so he will He'll just sit back and... If you look up and you see... I don't know, DeAndre Jordan gets hurt in Brooklyn or something, you know? And they say, oh, shit, we need a big. What can we trade? I don't know if they have anything they can trade for him, but something like that where a contender loses a big or maybe it's a surprise like the Wizards or something, you know? You look up and they're in the middle of the pack in the East and they need a big. Who knows? No, I completely agree. Someone, he's... That could he could you know, be traded. Two years guaranteed. He could be traded. Absolutely, again. Yeah. he's a good player. So his day. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's either take the money or take the title opportunity. He may get both. Yeah, and they'll sit on him. They'll sit on that. So. Yeah, and the Thunder are fine sitting on that because you have to spend some money. <laughs> you can't. I mean, they're going to have to put money towards something. They're going to have so many small contracts on their roster. They got to pay someone. It's kind of yeah. like when the Knicks, the Knicks were just signing anybody to big money. It's like, yeah, well, they got to spend. There's a minimum. I think it's like seventy million or something. There's a minimum. So what was next? The Chris Paul trade. Yeah, that as far as notable trades. I mean, there's other little stuff, but sure. But what I do, feel like. I mean, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the Chris Paul trade, right? Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of OKC, the Thunder traded Chris Paul to Phoenix for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and some other guys, and draft compensation. I think that gives Phoenix a lot of hype right now. Chris Paul going to a budding team that's ready to win, it looks like. They didn't lose any bubble games. Right. I think that gives uh, Phoenix some clout in the West. I got to say, Chris Paul has to stay healthy or it's a bust trade. I mean, ask Houston. I'll say, I think ask Houston, I think that's unfair. I think Chris, I mean, I think any player can get hurt at any point. And if you would have rolled back, if you would have put substituted Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook on Houston this year, you would have seen a different team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, he has to stay healthy or it's a bust trade. 
Yeah, like, but I mean, I guess that's anybody. Clay, but at Chris Paul's age, it's more relevant. I feel like. Yeah, I would bet on Chris Paul. Is what I'm saying. Of course, I'm not betting against it, him. It's, I, it's like I betting he's a great player. Betting against the Spurs when they were the Spurs. I'm just saying, like, if it doesn't work out, Phoenix gave up a lot for him. I don't think they gave up that much. They gave up the point guard they just signed, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, but Rub- I, mean, I mean, people here in Minnesota love Rubio, but he's good, but he's not Chris Paul good. They gave up draft picks. They gave up Kelly Oubre. They kind of gave up a little bit, of just not a whole lot. Not like the Clippers gave up everything for Paul George, but they gave up some of their future to win now. Let's say this. So what if the Suns win... I know it's going to be a short season, but we'll just use 82 game terms. What if they win the equivalent of like 53 games this year? Mm-hmm. And then Chris Paul gets hurt going into the playoffs or in the first round of the playoffs. Even Booker gets hurt and they, they fizzle out in the playoffs, mm-hmm. the first round. That's Is that a lost year or is that like, or is that a, hey man, we won 50 games, the, the injury bug hit and that, that happens in sports. And and Booker's a winner. He he sees what it's like to win. Aiton looked better, you know. Running pick and roll with Chris Paul, Aiton, and then Booker can be off ball. And Rubio was not a shooting threat, so teams could collapse on Booker. Now they have to stay with Chris Paul, leaving Booker more space and leaving Aiton more space. I just feel like that upgrade and the level of basketball that we'll be playing gives them a level up in culture and a level up in keeping Booker. Even if it's only for a year or two where they're slightly better, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Chris Paul stays in the West. Not good for the Grizzlies. No, good for the Thunder. They want to lose. Trading for an older player like Chris Paul, if it doesn't work out because he can't stay healthy, then it's. I think you were in a better spot before. Well, right. If Chris Paul does not play more than thirty games, then sure. Yeah. But I like but, it. I like the trade. I think it's perfect fit. Really. Like uh, I said, if he if he plays into the first round and they're good, that's good enough for me. They haven't made the playoffs since when. I think he'll be a good influence on the young guys like Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. I think he'll be a good influence on Devin Booker. I think the downside is... I think you're overrating the downside and underrating the upside. It's possible. It's possible. Um, Maybe I'm overvaluing how important it is to have Chris Paul to win. They've had Booker for six years. Shortening their... Yeah, I think... That Chris Paul is just that important for them to win. Like, if he doesn't stay healthy, then they, they're just not going to win. That's what I think. I think if, well, then they weren't. Uh, but it, it's they, a but, bus but, trade. But, if, okay. I just, I, no, you don't no. have to argue about it. I just think it's a bus trade if he doesn't end the season healthy. But they're not going to. Rubio's not the difference. If you took Rubio off that bubble team, do they go undefeated in the bubble? Probably not. But do they go. Seven and two, seven and th- or six and three, and they look pretty good. Yeah, sure. I don't think Rubio is. I think Rubio is good, but I don't think he's that. Like, I don't think he's the team. Like oh. Chris Paul is going to make a make that team. Yeah, I value. Rubio. They haven't had that. They haven't had that guy. 
I value Rubio. I think Rubio is good, and he's now in Minnesota. And I think, yeah, back. I think Rubio is going to make up for some of Ryan Saunders' shortcomings as a coach. I think you're right. I like Rubio. I think he's a good dude to have around. That so is Chris Paul if he's on your team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, dude, it's a, it's got to be in the back of the Suns management's mind like hey this guy better stay healthy putting a lot of eggs in the basket here absolutely i don't think i'm out of line saying that if he gets hurt or if he can't stay healthy that it's a bust trade no you're right he's 35 years old man shit he's almost as old as you almost almost 39 (laughs) what else we got Here's one I like. The Bucks got Drew Holiday. The Pelicans got Bledsoe and George Hill and DiVincenzo. That's a good deal. I mean, we talked about that potential deal. I don't think Drew Holiday was a good fit on the Pelicans team going forward. Not that Bledsoe is either, but I think uh, getting Drew out of there is a good move. I think Milwaukee gets better. Drew Holiday is a solid fucking player. I think he'll have an immediate impact. When you watch Bucks games, mm-hmm. you, you just don't feel Bledsoe's presence like maybe you did a few years ago. Where I think Drew Holiday will come in and you'll notice he's there right away. I think he'll be a major part of that team. And his presence will just be felt on the court as a dominant player. I'm buying in on Drew Holiday stock in Milwaukee. Absolutely. He's more versatile, as good of a defender, if not better. Better shooter. Yeah. It's it's a good fit. I think so. They gave up a little bit of their future, but that's a win now move, and that's a make Giannis happy move. They grabbed Yeah, it's a yeah. yeah. I mean, what else could they have done? Tried to get Chris Paul? They probably did try. But they probably weren't willing or able to give the Thunder what they wanted. Be my guess. I think if it actually convinces Giannis to sign the Supermax and stay, even though they give up all those picks and pick swaps and that 2026, that was 2027 unprotected pick. It probably ain't even enough. They're going to have to do more. Well, they theoretically did that bug. Bogdanovich trade with right. with the Kings, but that's on hold. That Bogdanovich is going to enter restricted free agency, which I thought was a little strange that that deal didn't go through apparently, but that they got the Bucks got him for so little. I feel like Bogdanovich is a good player, like really good. Yeah, definitely. But no, I like it for the Bucks, and I like it for the Pelicans. They're an asset accumulation mode a little bit. They have. That they're they're going to give Lonzo Ball more running room, essentially more responsibility. They have Brandon Brandon Ingram, who will probably sign a max contract. George Hill, who's good, coming back to New Orleans, and Bledsoe, who's good. I don't know how those guys are going to fit. I guess that's the weird thing: is how do those guys fit in New Orleans? Well, it's not all over. Those guys could be traded. It could be flipped, and they so, probably will be. Hill definitely Bledsoe, maybe maybe not, depending. Because Bledsoe is he's a good he's a good basketball player. He's not a bad guy to have on your team. 
Who needs a point guard? But he doesn't fit, though. He doesn't shoot, so they'll probably... Anyway, I liked it for both sides, actually. Where could Bledsoe go? It could be a backup for somebody really good, perhaps. Bledsoe's a clutch sports guy. Maybe they trade him next year for the Lakers' first pick for (laughs) Schroeder. The Knicks might want him for something. Seems like a Knicks move. New Orleans is probably going to want to trade this dude, Bledsoe. Well, he's only got he's got twenty twenty one at about seventeen million and twenty one twenty two at eighteen million, and then he's partially guaranteed for twenty two twenty three. So he's got two more years guaranteed. It's actually not that it's not that bad. It holds blood, so he's thirty, so he should be good for the next two years. Well, contract is up. I don't know what the terms of his partial guarantee is, but you have to assume it's, that he's making all three, that money. No, his partial guarantee is three million. It's actually four million. That's a team option. The team can opt to not pay him for the twenty twenty three. All right. So it's this year, which he'll be productive this year, and then next year he'll still be productive. But in three years, would he be worth twenty million dollars? Probably not. So it's a two year contract for a productive player. It's funny if you you, know, you look at his career, it played out about how you think it would have he's good yeah I like I always liked Bledsoe but obviously there wasn't it wasn't enough right Milwaukee had a lot of money tied up in him and that may be part of Giannis's issue is that they're spending money he doesn't like how they're spending their money but Drew Holiday is will be better there I just don't know what New Orleans is going to do with him with Bledsoe it'll be interesting I think they can get something for him or at least Dump him for nothing. All right. Yeah, so with these trades, it looks like at least I can speak for Milwaukee and Phoenix. They're going all in to win now. Yeah. But I don't think they can win now. No, Phoenix definitely not. Milwaukee, they have Giannis, so I'm not ever going to say they can't win. It's just so hard to imagine. I don't know if Drew Holiday is enough. Milwaukee probably, probably needs to keep working. It's weird to watch teams go all in to like win now, and then you, you kind of look at it and you're like, I don't think that's like enough. I don't I don't know if they they should be making that move to win now. I don't know if Chris Paul's enough for Phoenix to win a title. <laughs> no, Phoenix is not going to win a title. They're just establishing winning culture. Yeah, it's like the Grizzlies with the Eddie Jones trade. That was kind of a joke, actually. Oh, I would think more like the Zebo trade. <laughs> yeah, but Zebo wasn't a thousand years old at that point. He still made all NBA teams and all star teams. Yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> Look, go, I got to take a piss. Go ahead, go pee. Have another beer. <laughs> I got one. Actually, Good. I was Chug thinking when I was, when I was just peeing. I could hear you pee. I was gonna say you were, you could and it was like it was like Naked Gun, at fr- Frank with that whatever that I guess he was at some police was that few, no it was the queen the queen of England was there yes <laughs> they're on the security detail for that and he like got up and talked about it and then he went to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're all just listening <laughs> yeah he's he's going Aah! anyway <laughs> yeah I got my last beer. And I, I, then let's let's bang this out. I gotta go to bed.
right. I just don't care about when you have to go to sleep. All right. I'm just kidding. I know you don't. I'm just kidding. I can second seat in your eyes. <laughs> Let's talk about the James Harden situation. Houston. All right. Well, before we get to that. All right. Let's talk about the Robert Covington trade to Portland. Okay. And what that signals for Houston and James Harden. Yeah, yeah. Break it down, then. I mean, why would you give away a good Robert Covington, who you gave up two first-round picks for, for Trevor Ariza and a 2021 and 2021 protected? I mean, I think to me that says they're you know, getting assets. Mm-hmm. And why would you get assets when you have a good starter? Robert Covington is like super good. Mm-hmm. He's going to play defense. He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. He's going to hit threes. Like you don't trade that guy if you're trying to win, even if you get whatever the picks are going to be. It doesn't matter. It says that Houston is going in a different direction. What a score for Portland. I know. Man, if you could throw Robert Covington on the grit and grind Grizzlies, holy cow. Yeah. He's gotten better you mean Jeff, year after Jeff year. Green? <laughs> Instead of Jeff Green? Yeah. Yeah. Probably works out nicely. Yeah, I thought uh, Robert Covington was always kind of a Grizzly. So, yeah, they made that move, which is a curious move. After that, you have rumors are coming out that maybe Harden wanting out. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately get rumors of Westbrook wanting out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, here it goes. It's all falling apart. Neither of these guys got traded right away. Probably still going to be chances for them to get moved. I think what's crazy about this situation, like what I'm interested about it is like, I don't know if I'll, I don't fucking care what Houston does. Like, honestly, like I don't need to know. I don't need to fucking figure out what Houston's doing. I don't really give a shit. Like that, whatever's going to happen over there is going to happen. What I find interesting is Harden trying to dictate where he's going to go by saying that he would like to play for Brooklyn, the Nets. Mm -hmm. It's like, motherfucker, like it's not your choice. And we talked about this last week, a little bit of like players having too much control. I mean, you said it's because they're irreplaceable. But, like, when does this shit fucking end? Like, the league, when are they going to step in and stop this shit about guys trying to dictate where they play basketball? You're not a free agent, dude. You know? Like, well, maybe, well, I was saying that in, in the context of, like, well, yeah. As, in labor, not, no. like, agreed upon, like, which is contract is agreed. No, I know it's different. Uh, maybe I'm not explaining it well. The league has to stop these guys from joining up. You were talking last week about like when the season starts and shit like that. Right. The, the, I was just saying that that in any negotiation, there's going to be some essentially complaining. Right. And that that's normal. Um, but when it, when the when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and it's the difference between half a billion dollars and not, they're going to play basketball on December twenty second. Yeah. What? And so they're just they're just trying to you know get a little you know trying to get a uh, you know instead of a cold towel a hot towel you know they're just trying to get little things. Yeah. 
the shit that pisses me off is like there was no question in my mind that Anthony Davis was getting out of New Orleans and he was going to go to L.A. It was like predetermined. You know what I mean? And that shit's fucked up. That shouldn't be happening. Well, I, I, I agree with that, but the Pelicans got a lot for AD. And that's fine, but that situation shouldn't be happening. That's the way I feel about it. It's, I don't that know. they get to pick that LeBron is he in gets, L.A. And then he gets to decide that he's no longer going to be on that team and he's not a free agent. Like, how does that – why does he have that leverage? Why does he have that kind of control? It's 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 not just the player, but it's also the agents. Right. They want to maintain a good relationship with those agents. Yeah. So there's going to have to be something that's done about that, I think, in the league. Uh, you can't have James Harden saying, yeah, I want to go play for the Nets. And if that fucking happens, like, the point I'm getting to and kind of beating around the bush is I think the NBA needs some kind of, like, franchise tag. Something mm. that holds a player to a team and agents and players can't get involved and can't mess around. They've got to find a way to balance out the league. And it's supposed to be done through the draft, which happened tonight. Play The worst teams are supposed to be able to get young, new teams that they can build up. But in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, if this player gets too good, in this market, he's going to leave for a better market or to join up with some better players. If the team, you know, maybe doesn't do everything the player and the agent want, there's always this worry that they'll leave. They'll go play somewhere else. And that plays psychological mind games on fans and on guys maybe in free agency. Like, I'm not going to go to that team. That's small market team because everybody leaves that team. Why would I go play there? And then maybe somebody like Harden is going to ask for a trade to get the fuck out of there or whatever it is. I'm not explaining it perfectly, but the way the league is balanced out right now is not working. There's something else has to happen. They've got to change this shit. I hear what you're saying. There, you don't like to see a guy demand a trade, but the Palgasol trade demand in Memphis worked out ultimately it seemed I mean it seemed like that had run its course anyway right and the AD thing was kind of shitty like they had Drew and they it was terrible shouldn't probably shouldn't have traded for DeMarcus though they they tried DeMarcus towards Achilles the NBA league that we grew up watching was you had players that stuck around on teams and now you have players that turn their backs on teams and they just want out. And sometimes it's not justified. Sometimes I feel like it's premature or it's like James Harden should be able to stay in Houston and be competitive. But mm -hmm. James Harden's not a winner. So now he's taking the cowardly way out. He wants to go join up with other people. And, there's, and it's just sad because it doesn't look like there's anything Houston can really do about it. Well, the Houston situation, I feel like, is for Teta or whatever the fuck his name is, should not have like let Daryl Morey go. I should say, yeah, he should have stood by. Like, 
I guess the China thing probably pissed Fertitta off, off. But Daryl has done such a good. I mean, I'm biased. Daryl Morey, watch. He was probably but, the first. Morey was like the beginning of the end. Him leaving was the beginning of the end. There seems absolutely. Like. Yeah, I don't know what can they do to keep players in smaller markets and not have these like super teams where you have three or four teams that have an actual shot at winning the title and everybody else is just fucking middle of the road. What can the league do to stop that? In the NFL, you see quarterbacks that stay with teams for like their entire career. You see the marquee players stay with their teams for their entire careers. Like uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. I mean, he's been there his entire career. You just don't, you know, I don't think you see it as much in the NFL. And it is kind of a double standard because the, the team can give up on a player whenever they want, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. Trade them. Maybe there's no answer. I would just like to be able to root for a player and a team and not have to worry every year that two or three years down the road they they can be gone. Maybe that's uh, wishful thinking. I think it is. <laughs> I like the idea of like franchise tags though in the NBA. Like you want to tag a player, maybe that creates more of a balance. Like Kevin Durant can't go to five teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'm looking for is just more balance. I don't know, Bo. I could ramble about this shit for hours, probably. What were we talking about? We were talking about Houston, right? So, well, we just the James Harden thing, and you, yeah. you just you essentially expressed frustration that, yeah. you know, Harden. He's trying to dictate where he goes. It's not up to you, dude. Like you can say you want to go to Brooklyn and team up with Durant and Kyrie or whatever all you want, but he doesn't have control over that, and he shouldn't. Like that's what free agency is for. He turned down $100 million. That's crazy. He doesn't want to be in Houston so bad he won't take $100 million. Yeah. What the fuck? I heard somewhere he was upset about the coaching change. He wasn't, like, consulted about the new coach there, Steven Silas. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about Silas. I don't think I said, said something in a previous episode. but Houston's a fucking shit show right now. I think they're going to burn it to the ground. That's what I think. <laughs> Did you watch any of the draft tonight? Should we talk about the draft? Uh, is that it for trades? Um, I mean, look at my trade notes here before we hop away from it. Rubio to the, the Timberwolves. I think that's – they got they traded back and got two picks and got Rubio. I feel like that's a good move. Like we kind of talked about that. And then the rest of it, the Josh Richardson trade with Dallas and Philly, basically Josh Richardson and draft compensation, some some variant thereof for Seth Curry. Okay. I think Josh Richardson was underused in Philly. So basically Philly got Seth Curry for Jimmy Butler. And there were some other, you know, weird trades around the margins that we don't need to get into, but that's about it. No, I mean, not unless you're interested in it. Okay. No. I think the Josh Richardson, Seth Curry thing's interesting. 
I think Josh Richardson will be good in Dallas. I think he's a good basketball player. Yeah. And I think Seth Curry, you know, the Daryl Murray thing is happening in Philly, and Seth Curry is a three-point shooter. Uh huh. So that they need three-point shooting in Philly. At least that gives them that. So, yeah, on to the draft. Um, I'm a little interested in this Boston-Memphis deal, whatever this shit is. Yeah, everybody's super excited about Bane. <laughs> Did you see him? Did you see what he looks like? Desmond Bane, no. All right, he's a 6'6 combo guard. He's 22 years old. He's a developed young man. Oh, he's jacked. Huh. He looks like, if I had to guess, Bane is a basketball player. Dang. He looks like a football player. I was going to say, he looks like one of those people you bet on that I don't understand. Jeez, look at this dude. It would appear that Boston's getting two future second-round picks from Memphis. It's, I guess Boston just wants to move off. They, they have a roster crunch. It's interesting. Yeah, man, look at him. He looks That's like cool. a he looks like Bo Jackson. Dude is ripped. I'm already a fan. He's got the size, 6'6", six, six combo guard. Holy crap. He looks NBA ready. He's 22. He's one of the, he's going to be one of the older guys on the team. <laughs> huh. I'll have to watch some highlights. I don't even know about – I mean, like the only player in this draft I literally watched play basketball this year was James Wiseman. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think – Bain is completely off the radar. I think uh, the Grizzlies saw somebody they wanted, and they made a deal to go get him. I think so. Let's go to the beginning of the draft, huh? Yeah, number one pick, Minnesota. Minnesota. Anthony Edwards. It was not Lomelo Ball, who I had uh, bet money on <laughs> to be the number one pick. I thought that it was possible that that – those top picks could be traded, moved around. But there were no trades at the top of the draft. Edwards went to Minnesota. Wiseman went to the Warriors. Ball went to Charlotte. That was kind of what was projected weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there was some, I guess, back and forth on who would actually be number one, but it was going to be Ball or Edwards, essentially. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Ball... I would have won some money. Ball is a 6'8". I guess he's a combo guard. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte, I mean, do you want to start with Edwards? How does he fit in? I feel like everybody kind of knows that's their their hole in their roster, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a combo shooting guard defender type. I, I, I can't say. I have no idea. I mean, I didn't did not watch the guy play basketball. Right, but... Position-wise, he fits, right? Absolutely. He fits better than James Wiseman. Right. And you could have made an argument to me that, you know, maybe Wiseman was the best player available. Maybe Mello, LaMelo Ball was the best player. Mm. You know, you could have made an argument either of those three players were the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wiseman makes sense for the Warriors position-wise as well. Maybe they didn't move him because of the clay injury. Maybe they need Andrew Wiggins now. That's a possibility. Um, I thought for sure Wiseman was getting moved, but I don't know. He still could. LaMelo Ball to Charlotte is a weird one to me. Well, they had the third pick. He was probably the best available, right? 
So they just took best available. I think so. makes Terry Rozier super tradable. And well, Rozier's trash. I mean, he's good, but he's not worth not taking the best player available. It makes Cunningham tradable. I mean, LaMelo Ball, you, uh, is he, are they going to bring him in off the bench? I don't know. I bet they start him. He's 6'7". Yeah. One of the picks that stuck out to me was Killian Hayes. He's a point guard. He's 6'5". Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he dropped in the draft a little bit. He went to Detroit at the seventh pick. He was a kid that played in Germany. It's like a 6'5". Okay. He's a combo guard, I guess. He probably doesn't really have a position yet. I don't know. I like him. Detroit, that's a good step for them. Looked like he dropped off a little bit. He was projected a few spots higher than that, as far as four, as far as I saw. Danny Avita, Washington. He was the kid from Israel. Washington got him with the ninth pick. There's another guy that was projected much higher. Top five pick. They got him at nine. The Israel guy, he's a 6'9", small forward. He looks ready to go. He looks like a player already. I don't know if that's a good situation. Washington's kind of in turmoil. They'll be an interesting team to watch next year, see if they're good or not. They're kind of like on the cusp, like Orlando and Charlotte in the East, where they're not mm-hmm. bad, but they're not good. Like, you don't know. They're not a playoff team, but they're also not just a shit team. This Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton, it's a 6'5 point guard. Got a lot of praise. Drafted to Sacramento at 12. Um, he was projected a little higher, so I think he went down a little bit. Big point guard. I think he'll be good. Did you watch any of the draft at all? Did anything I stick got, out to you? I Honestly, I just knew the top few guys, and I got the alerts from Woj on my, my Twitter. This is like a weird draft. I didn't watch... Usually I, I catch up on the draft during the tournament, or at least the players. And since there was no tournament, this is that. What do I have to say? No. Yeah, I mean, I if you it. don't if you don't have an eye on anybody, then you don't have an eye on anybody. Like, what's the point of trying to force it? R.J. Hampton went in the top twenty-five. He was the he was the kid that played uh, over at New Zealand for the Breakers. He got traded. Mm-hmm. He was drafted by Milwaukee and then traded to Denver. He's a six-six point guard. He was one of the guys that decided to play overseas instead of go to college. Right. Denver, again, sneaking in and getting something good, I think, there. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of crying. <laughs> Emotions were running high. A lot of guys were crying. It was uh, kind of strange because you don't see guys, like, walking up to the podium crying typically at drafts. Mm-hmm. I think some of that was them being at home with their families and just the emotions running a little higher than usual. Right. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And uh, emotion, a lot of guys got super emotional. Uh, the Spurs took Devin Vassell at number 11. He's a six seven shooting guard. I think they just uh, drafted Kyle Anderson again. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me, but, you know, what do I know? We don't know much about these guys, really. Uh, What was another guy I liked? Oh, uh, New Orleans picked a point guard, a 19-year-old point guard, 
Kira Lewis Jr. So there's another point guard for them. On top of Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. Let's see. Josh Green. Dallas got the the 6'6 Australian. Josh Green. Shooting guard. Another nice young piece. Uh, international player for Dallas. Precious Achua fell out of the lottery. The uh, Memphis Tiger player that we talked about. Yeah. 6'9 power forward. He went 20th to Miami. So my, I like him in Miami. Miami might have got a fit. steal. This guy was supposed to be like close to top ten. Mm-hmm. Miami got might have got another damn steal. That team just keeps getting better. Let's see. Oh, dude, one of the funniest things I saw in the draft was at the eighth pick, New York, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. They took another power forward, Obi Toppin. So this kid's from New York. But New York already has like eight or nine power forwards on their roster. I don't know how that works. New York is a fucking shit show. The Knicks. I don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They did take this uh, Leandro Balmaro at the 23rd pick. He's a Manu Ginobili 2.0 here. He's a 6'8 shooting guard from Argentina. There we go. I didn't hate that pick. I thought that was interesting. But it was weird when he got drafted. There was like this animation created for him. Uh, it was super weird. He was like the next coming or something. So bizarre. Nobody else had like an animated short for their draft intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre. Well, whatever. It's cool. Oh, Portland got a nice pick at 16 Isaiah Stewart 69 high energy was known as a a sleeper pick okay saw him projected at like 29 or 30 so he went up at 16 Portland got another I mean they've got a player there I think he plays power forward so another kind of a big and then Put him with Robert Covington. I mean, Portland just got a couple of guys I think that are going to be able to play for them next season, you know? Yeah. Boston took a uh, another shooter, Aaron Neesmith, a 6'6 small forward with the Memphis Grizzlies pick at 14. Apparently he's a solid shooter. Uh, I like the Grizzlies pick. I like that fucking dude. Bane. I kind of tuned out after the late twenties. Yeah, no, it, it, like once, dude, once the after Lamella Ball was drafted, I looked at my Twitter and I just said, I don't know who the fourth <laughs> pick is. I can relate I to that. We've I already... want to know who the fourth pick is. It was the fourth pick last year. Let's look. Shit. Yeah. See. Shit. You had Zion. You had Ja Morant, R.J. Barrett, mm-hmm. and DeAndre Hunter to the Lakers. What? Who? He's on the Lakers? DeAndre Hunter. Atlanta. That's right. Atlanta traded for that fool. That's right. Yeah, see, we don't even know. That. We're like, who? Mm-hmm. He played 32 minutes a game for the Hawks. But they weren't in the bubble, so we don't know who the hell that guy is. Oh, yeah, okay. 12 points, four rebounds, two assists. So that's my point, like. 
shit. Like, we can try and make something out of the draft, but Patrick Williams from Florida State? Who the fuck is that? Fuck you, Patrick Williams. You heard <laughs> you, you you heard it right here. I got it out for you. I just saw a couple guys that stood out to me. Basically, just the names I read off, you know? Right. Phoenix got a big at the 10th pick. Jalen Smith, power forward, 6'10". Mm-hmm. It's a big power forward. Those are good to have. That'll be good to have next to Aiton if they play together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your uh, Timberwolves got a guy, a seven-footer, a seven-foot Serbian. Uh, I could attempt to say his name. No, it's all good. Pokusvarski. <laughs> Pokusvarski. Pokusvarski. Anyway, it's a giant Serbian dude coming to your town. Maybe we can hang out. Maybe. Doubt it. No. Can't hang out. I can't hang out with anybody. And it's cold now. Philly uh Philly took a shooting guard from Kentucky who's six three. His name is Tyrese Maxey. He's a bad mm-hmm. crier. He didn't cry well. He looked uh bad on TV. I mean he went full meltdown. Oh, Denver got another guy, another big, a power forward. He's six eleven. This is a guy that I was actually paying attention to at twenty two. Zeke Naji. Uh where is he from, you may ask? He's from Minnesota, Lakeville, Minnesota. All right now. Well, he he went to Arizona. He's a one and done. He looks pretty thin. But that was just another big that Denver grabbed. Oh, I don't know, Bo. Uh, <laughs> fucking Cole Anthony went at 15 to Orlando, 6'3", from North Carolina. One of the best scorers in the draft if not the best scorer in the draft. Orlando made a good pick there, I think. I'm happy about this Bane guy. I can't wait to see if he can play for Memphis. But that's about it, Bo. That's about all I got, man. We should probably cut this out. I know it's getting late. It's probably almost 1 o'clock in the morning. No, it's 10 after 1. Or 10 after midnight, excuse me. Yeah, it's getting close. Hey, let's do this again on Monday. Yeah. And talk about free agency. And maybe we can get Laddie on. I don't know. From what I hear, he got a job, like a full-time job. Good for him. Yes, it is a good thing. But I just don't know what his availability is going to be. I don't know how our our schedules are going to work. Just more drama. More House of Hoops drama. But I'll do my best to not be negative about it and try to stay positive. Hey, man, the drama's on you. Life is too short, you know. Let's hope things start trending in a better direction. (laughs) Oh, they're going to. We're headed that way. I don't know, Bo. I don't know. Hey, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. I can't thank you We got a vaccine on the horizon. You'll be watching Grizzlies basketball in March. In person. Maybe. Hey, the gambling's going pretty well. The stock market's going pretty well for me right now. You know, I got a lot to be happy about. Yeah. There's no reason to worry about shit so much. Just do your part and try to think about the well-being of the others around you. 
that's all I can do. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate you. Bo, go get some rest. All right, Jeff. See Take you, care, man. Talk to you soon. All right. You left your door unlocked I couldn't keep from coming in Stayed outside It was raining And I knew You were out with him Just to lie in our bed Just to see If things had changed You and me are here at home I always like this place It's the kind of place feels at home I guess at home Just to lie in our bed But just to see if things have changed I only stay here a while I make believe that you and me
Just a lie in our bed Just to see if things have changed I only stay here a while I make believe that you have me here 